Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Need a fun summer read? The Sweeney Sisters by Leon Dolan is out in paperback now. Leon Dolan, I hear she's great. In fact, best-selling author Susan Wiggs calls the Sweeney Sisters, quote, a story to savor and share. But we call it, quote, a thinly veiled tale of our childhood. <laughs> Judge for yourselves. The Sweeney Sisters is available in paperback and all formats at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your indie bookstore. You know, Jewel, it would also make a great hostess gift for everyone you're visiting this summer. Mm. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We are so glad you're here today. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and I'm a producer and I'm excited for this Olympic show, girls. I am excited for it. You know, even though it's a little bit tempered, I'm ready to talk mm -hmm. Olympic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Liz Dolan, Sidious, saltiest, fortiest. You know, we're there. <laughs> we're, we've got the Olympic spirit. We consider ourselves Olympic family. It's a, we're the sort of sketchy relations but uh, we do think of, our, think of ourselves that way. I'm a marketer and I'm here in uh, my second bedroom with my dog Hooper, who also is, I'm sure, very excited about the Olympics. Well, hi sister, so this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister and I'm excited as well for the Olympics. Can't wait to watch them. I'm not participating in any events this year. Uh, I'm a podcaster, an empty nester, and uh, urban nana of five beautiful grandchildren. So, um, but can we start, sisters? I would like to make a satellite sister five dollar shout out mm -hmm. to uh, our satellite sister of the week, Wally Funk. She, <laughs> of course, is the 82 year old aviator. Uh, she was a member of the Mercury 13 who got to take the joyride this morning in West Texas to near space with Jeff, Jeff Bezos in that blue origin stuntmobile that he went up in. <laughs> right? And I'm just really happy for Wally that she went up and she came down. She always wanted to be in space, uh, so she always wanted to be an astronaut. So keep hope alive. That has to yeah. be a right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it goes without saying that we're way happier for Wally than we are for Jeff, you know, so fine. Okay, Jeff. I know. I know. And that 18-year-old kid from wherever he was from. Ooh, fine. Yeah, from the, he, looked, he was very excited. Yeah, that's going to be good on the college essay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I, saw some, I saw something on, on Instagram today where someone said, oh, you think going to space is fun? You should try paying your taxes, Jeff. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today is our Olympic show. And, uh, you know, we've had it planned, well, I don't know, since like 2019. So we're going <laughs> forward with it. Um, we're very excited to have on the show an Olympian. Kat Holmes is with us. Her mom is a long time satellite sisters listener and we spoke to Kat before she left for Tokyo uh, so that we've already pre-recorded that interview and um, we Liz you and I can verify that she was familiar with our material was she not like her <laughs> mom had talked about us for years yes <laughs> she'd obviously spent a lot of time like in the car and in the kitchen listening to us through no choice of her own so she she was totally with the program <laughs> so we talked to Kat. Uh, she's a U.S. fencer. And um, where do you just hear the interview? She's absolutely delightful. Um, but we're going to talk about a few other Olympic topics here. We do have an entertaining sisters. Um, we have a cooking with Liz update. Liz, mm. a little tease for that. Anything? Oh, yeah. That? yeah. Well, you know, cacho e pepe, people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liz. Sna snacks of the summer. Snacks of the summer. Stay with me. 
<laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, but first let's talk about these Tokyo games because obviously this is not the way you want to go into any Olympics, right? They no, postponed no. for a year. Are they going to go forward? Are they not going to go forward? They're going to go forward. The citizens of Japan aren't that happy about it. Some of the citizens of the world aren't that happy about it. Uh, I tell you, the only people that seem to be happy about it are the athletes that are mm-hmm. going. Because yes. if you're following them on Instagram, they all looked really psyched. So yeah. it's kind of a tough place to be. Like, how do I feel about going into these Olympics and supporting them? And then you see the athletes' Instagram pages, and they're so excited. So I'm a little bit torn. But I'm reminded, Liz, before we went to Rio, it's, mm-hmm. it is a different situation. Right. But the Zika. Remember the Zika virus? Yes. Right. Like, yes. we actually... And as civilians uh, to Rio, and the only stories in the lead up beforehand were about Zika. And the minute the game started, then it was about Ryan Lochte. But uh, <laughs> but you know, yes. but the athletes. And I know that COVID is much more dramatic than Zika. I completely understand that. But mm-hmm. I, I do think we're seeing a lot of stories now because this is the there's a lot of press focused on it. It's the only story to cover. Um, but I'm hopeful that the athletes can still do their best and enjoy their time there. How do you feel, Liz, Julie? I well, I agree with you, Leanne. You know, I mean, yes, I'm very disappointed. You know, I'm gonna. I love the tennis, so I'm very uh, disappointed that Coco Golf is is out, um, as well as Serena and Roger Federer and Rafa are not playing. But come on, Djokovic is going to be there. Naomi Osaka is going to play, so it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great competition, um, and I think that is uh, is really what's important. And you you know, when you think about the big sacrifice that all these athletes have made over the last four, well, five years, right? Right. This is really good. And Leon, I had to tell you that uh, Michael Phelps, who is, uh, you know, is he the most decorated Olympian of all time with 29 medals? I think so. I think he is. He is going to be joining your pal, Rowdy Gaines, uh, for Olympic (laughs) swimming. Oh my gosh. You know, I love Rowdy. I mean, (laughs) he's the best. I know. So I think I'm, it's going to be very interesting to hear what Michael Phelps says about some of these uh, swim races, you know, because, I mean, he knows a thing or two about swimming. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that coverage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a made-for-TV dream because literally there's nothing else to cover. That's, right. the, that's the drawback, right, Liz? Yeah. Normally yeah I mean, get I have home. a number of friends that work in broadcasting that are doing the Olympics, covering it for NBC. Very few of them are actually in Japan. If you work on a lot of these different sports for NBC, chances are you're doing your show from Stanford, Connecticut, where they have their big studio. And that's one thing they have figured out how to do over the last year is all this remote production. So there's a very small number of people who are actually there. I have several friends that did go, mainly because they work in track and field. You know, I've been working in track and field the last couple of years. And they're just very strict regulations about where they can go and what they can do. They basically can be in their room or they can be in a very specific place at whatever venue they are reporting from, say, in this case, the Olympic Stadium for the track and field. And so I think what I'm going to miss is the one of my favorite parts of the Olympics is that you learn so much about the country. You know, the journalists are out covering the whole country, talking to people, that whole cultural exchange that we're used to. We'll get some of that because I mean, a lot of these stories were in the bag a year ago. They were ready to go. So that's good. You you know, you're going to get some of that. But you're really going to miss the sort of random walking around in Tokyo or in Sapporo, Mm -hmm. um, where some of the other events are. So, and I noticed... I follow uh, Mandalit Del Barco from National Public Radio. She's there in Tokyo covering it. That seems strange to me. Yeah. That she would go because she's an arts reporter. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. Well, Well, they sent three people. And so she's there with Tom Goldman, who's their sports reporter and somebody else. I forget who. Uh, So she's been, I follow her on Facebook because she lives here in Southern California, right? So Mm -hmm. we we see her around. We're Facebook friends. And uh, so she's posting every day on, on her blog, but also on Facebook, like what it's really like. sounds pretty grim to be in your tiny little Japanese hotel room for the first three days. So she's through that. But now this morning she posted that there's an app that everyone is required to download because so it traces all of their moves. That's Uh moves. So that's mainly for contact tracing in case they're with 
anyone who tests positive. But then she also said, apparently the Japanese public has been advised to photograph any stray foreigners they see wandering around town <laughs> and to post their pictures on social media to shame them. Oh my uh, God, that's bad. She said, I already embarrassed myself enough with selfies. Thank you very much. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I've seen, I've had friends reading to me from the so-called playbook they get. They really, they can't go out in public at all. So that's yeah. hard work. But so that's what, that's what I'll miss. But what I'm looking forward to, as always, it's just like great athlete performances, mm -hmm. people that you just love for all kinds of different reasons. So we were talking about swimming, yes. veteran, veteran Katie Ledecky. She yep. is swimming the 1500 for the first time ever at the Olympics. It's never been allowed before for women. Just too far. Oh no, we can't make the women. <laughs> I mean, she already holds the world record in this event, but it's never been in the Olympics before. So, uh, so very, um, very exciting. She owns the 10 fastest times ever in the- Ooh, I hope she wins. Yes. I hope she medals. I hope she medals. <laughs> And she has tons of medals. She got her first medal at the 2012 Olympic uh, London Games when she was only 15 years old. So that, and then she was in Rio when we were there, Leon. Yeah. So that was exciting. Anyway, gotta love Katie Ledecky, veteran. Welcome back, Katie. But then, like in the newcomer category, there's a runner named Athang Mo who is amazing. She'll be competing in the 800 meters. If you watched the track and field trials from Hayward Field, you saw her uh, win the 800. She just turned 19, Julie. She goes oh, to te Texas A&M. I know, she you know, I have a list of all the Texas athletes, you know, um, sort of headlining by Simone Biles. And so yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a special uh, rooting and shout out for yeah. all the Texas actors. Okay. Well, she was born in America, in New Jersey, I think, but with her family, her family had just emigrated from Somalia uh, when she was born. Anyway, she's amazing. She'll be fun to watch. And then come on, people, Jessica Springsteen, I know. finally. I know. <laughs> but finally. the can't go, right? He can't go, right? No, that is a huge loss to humanity. Yeah. That Bruce, Bruce and Patty <laughs> cannot be interacting with the rest of the Olympic family. No. What, what I didn't realize is that she was an alternate on the 2012 London team, and then, but then did not qualify in 2016. So now she's full on qualified. She's ranked 14th in the world in show jumping. I mean, I never watch equestrian events at the at the. Oh, Olympics. you don't? Oh, no. there's no I love, that. I love yeah. that. I mean, it's the only time to watch them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, those horses. I mean, they're yeah. amazing. And okay. the jumps and the stadium and it's uh, okay. All and kinds of things happen all the time. At those yeah. Events. You got to watch that. All right. You talked me into it. <laughs> and then one other thing I just want to shout out because I'm looking forward to it. Dawn Staley will be coaching the women's basketball team. Oh, I didn't is, realize that. Yes. Oh, which is amazing wow. because that team, the Olympic basketball team, the U.S. women, has been undefeated since Dawn was a star on that team in 1996. They have, they have never lost a game. So they lost in 92, and then they like, pulled themselves together and reinvented the women's Olympic team in 96. And so now Dawn is the coach. I just think that's amazing. Oh, but, that's great. Yeah. That's a good full circle story. Well, thank exactly. you, Liz, for bringing us that. See, yeah. we, we're doing a fine job here from our studios in our, in our back bedrooms. So much to look forward to. We're, we're going to be there. I was surprised to see the two broadcasters that made it were Tara and Johnny Weir. I mean, they, they went to Tokyo. Johnny posted on his Instagram like two giant luggage carts full of clothing. And Louis oh, I Vuitton saw that, Leanne. I thought that was... He prepared, Leanne. He's bringing... No. Okay, he has the full Olympic spirit. He knows he's going to need quite a few war wardrobe changes. Okay. Uh, but aren't, aren't, aren't they usually kind of out on the street people, like the color of the city? Are they going to actually be, I suppose, reporting on a specific sport? They, I think they, they can't do anything else. I think like last year they did, or last time they did some studio work in like gymnastics and diving and stuff like that. They put okay. them in a studio. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's what they do. Hey, the more the better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then remember six months from now, they have the winter Olympics because <laughs> the schedule is all just crashed together. So they're going to be busy. Those two. <laughs> 
All right. Well, coming up is our interview with Olympian Kat Holmes. Now, we did talk to her three weeks ago. So just a caveat before they had announced that family couldn't go. So we were asking her uh, uh, and there, that there would be no spectators, right? Three weeks yeah. ago, it looked like th they were at least going to allow the Japanese to go to the events. And, and that's also a great tra tragedy because the Japanese are great sports fans, great and knowledgeable mm. sports fans. So that's too bad for many, again, many reasons. But um, so when we spoke to Kat, that that was the caveat there. You're going to hear us talk a little bit about what she knows about what's happening in Tokyo. But here's a letter we got from her mom, Lori. And hey, it's the so mom, Lori, yeah. you're the best. I know. I'm a longtime listener. And I have to say that Satellite Sisters podcast brightens each and every week for me in so many ways. Thank you, Lori. We really appreciate that. And then she goes on to say she knows we're big fans of the Olympics. She knows that I actually even attended a fencing Grand Prix. Uh, four, five years ago, I guess, pre-Rio, um, because we talked about it on the show. So she was really surprised to hear us talk about fencing on the show. And then this is the best. Then she just pitches her own daughter. So <laughs> I am wondering, would you like to have an Olympian on the pre-Olympic show? Catherine would be more than happy to do so. I have talked to her about the show many times over the years and how amazing you both are individually <laughs> and collectively. This will be her second game, first Rio, now Tokyo. And then she goes on to basically pitch a fantastic segment with her daughter, who, as she told us, the daughter said, my mother's the only one that calls me Catherine. So Catherine, <laughs> and we get to hear all about going to the world championships, going to Princeton, you know, which an Confencer, all Ivy. Uh, she's been to the world championships. We talked to her about that in our interview, but Lori did a fantastic job. And the minute we said yes, Lori, then she sent us every article ever written about her daughter. <laughs> 82 links. It was and very thorough. We like that. Very that's the kind of pre-production work we really yes. appreciate. So uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Olympian Kat Holmes. She's a U.S. fencer. I want you to follow her on Instagram and follow the U.S. fencing team because they're adorable on Instagram. It's a lot of fun. But uh, just, just, uh, just up, Kat Holmes, Olympian. But first, we're going to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. By yeah, <laughs> the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Well, it would not be an Olympic special here on Satellite Sisters without an Olympian, would it? And we were so happy to have an Olympian in the family. Well, not our family, but in the Satellite Sister family. Kat Holmes is with us. We were telling you about her. She is on the U.S. fencing team. She was in Rio. She's going back for Tokyo. Uh, a couple of years ago in 2018, Kat made history as the member of the first U.S. women's pay team to medal at the Senior World Championship where she anchored her team to a gold. She also has done almost everything else. She went to Princeton. <laughs> She's the daughter we all wish we 
So Kat, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Hi, thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> um, how do you get into fencing? Why fencing? Yeah, so I played a, a lot of sports when I was a kid, but honestly, I was, I was a big nerd and I love reading books about medieval times and, and sword fighting. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to author Tamora Pierce. Um, okay. It was her series, The, the Lioness Quartet, about a, a girl who becomes a knight um, that kind of really sparked my imagination. So, you know, amidst the like soccer and basketball and whatnot, you know, I said, Mom, Dad, I, you know, I want a sword fight. I want a fence. And they're like, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. God love your parents. Yeah. God love them. <laughs> yeah. So there, there was a, uh, a community center about 10 minutes from my house that had a fencing program. Um, and, you know, I think I exaggerate here, but it was something like a hundred dollars for six months of classes. And they were like, yeah, you can fence. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just, I just loved it uh, immediately. Um, I, I was not good. In fact, I was like, I remember we had held like a little kitty tournament and I came dead last. So I was, not that I was great at the other sports I played, but I was definitely better. Um, but there was just something about fencing um, that really kind of captured, you know, my imagination as it previously did, but also it captured my heart. Um, yeah. So kind of went from there. Yeah. Okay. So I think fencing is confusing for people. They don't know very much about it. So when we say that you, you are a pay or you play a pay or you perform a pay, whatever that is. What is that cat? What is a pay versus the other kinds of fencing? Sure. So there's three, uh, we call them weapons, um, in fencing. <laughs> well, so, so, so do my sons. They all, that already sounds fantastic. No <laughs> exactly, wonder you love Yeah. Them. We have to be careful when we're going through uh, baggage claim. Cause we actually call the actual swords. We call them weapons. Oh, um, oh yeah. And so like, you know, occasionally like how many weapons did you bring? And they're like, what? <laughs> So we have to, we have, we, we, we have to be careful on that one. Yeah. Uh, but so there's, there's three foil, epee and saber. And they, they come um, from kind of like the historical idea of epee was the, the dueling sword. So that was you duel to the, to the death or in this case, first blood. So the rules in epee are you can hit anywhere on the body. You get one point, no matter where you hit. Um, and if both people hit at the same time, they both get a point. Um, okay. Okay. Foil is, is the court form, the, the, the practice sword. Um, you can only hit on the torso. Uh, actually, you guys went to the foil Grand Prix. Um, yes, and, I did. Yeah, yes. Leon enjoyed the whole fencing <laughs> lifestyle, Kat. Exactly, yes. exactly. So that was very much the foil lifestyle. Each weapon okay. kind of has their own personality. <laughs> okay. Um, but you saw those foilists kind of wearing the silver vests. We call those lames. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to hit the lame to score a touch. And there's a set of rules called right of way, um, that dictate how you score. So if you hit at the same time, it's the person who had control of the action. Essentially they had the attack or in defense, they had control of the blade with like a parry repost to score. Okay. Um, and then there's saber. Saber is, comes from the cavalry of you want to kill the man and save the horse. So you only okay. hit from the waist and up. And that's just a good life lesson. I think that's true in most cases. Exactly. Exactly. You got to take that bounty of war where you can get it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So there's, there is something incredibly medieval about everything you just said, Kat. So we love it. (laughs) The historical factor related to fencing is great, but they also call fencing the chess of sports. So what is the mental game you're playing? Sure. Um, so, you know, at, at the highest level, kind of everybody has the, the same skill set. So what does that skill set kind of include? Well, in its most basic level, it includes footwork. Um, so you have the advance for the retreat backwards. You have a lunge and then you have a flesh, which is kind of when you run at your opponent. Um, and then you have your blade work and there's, you know, nine different blade positions um, and a myriad of ways that you can kind of enact those blade positions. So whether it's a parry, a beat, a bind, I mean, the, the words are very specific, but so when you combine those, you kind of get an infinite number of combinations of actions that you can produce. Um, but it's not only that you have an infinite number of, um, actions that you can produce. So does your opponent. And so for every action, there can be, you know, multiple solutions to that action and then multiple solutions to your solution. So it's kind of like that game that kids play with their hands where one put their hand on a table, another puts their hand on top and you're trying to end up with your hand on top. That's essentially fencing. You're trying to problem solve 
every single action that's coming at you in like, you know, the blink of an eye. Um, and so it takes, you know, behind the scenes, you know, there's hours and hours of, of training those physical abilities, but we do a ton of video analysis where we're watching the opponent in slow motion, seeing what preparation gives, which action away. Um, and then you take all that information, you have your plan, you're on guard on the strip, and then you just have to, you have to implement it right there and change it on the fly because your opponent's been doing the same thing. So as physical as fencing is, you know, as you, you said, it really is the chess of sports. I mean, there's a huge mental component to it. Okay. I just love the entire vocabulary of your sport. I love it. I just, on guard. We used to say that when we were kids. I don't know why. Yeah, exactly. We use the French. We use, we use the French for everything. Ah, okay. So one, you know, you have a long bio, so many successes, but one of the things I noticed is that you anchored the United States women's pay team to its first ever World Cup gold medal in Dubai in 2018 by defeating the Russians in overtime in the finals, Kat. So I'm imagining a miracle on ice scenario that people just went insane. (laughs) Is that that what it was like? There would have to be people actually watching the fencing tournament for them to go insane. I don't know if you if you remember that from the foil Grand Prix, but there aren't very many people watching fencing, let alone in Dubai. Okay, all right. Um, we got free drinks, so we, that's why we went. There, there were no free drinks in Dubai. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so just give us one or two tips for viewers because we think we can solve your viewership problem, Kat. That's our goal. We just want to, we want more people watching fun sports like fencing. Yeah, I'm all for it. So when we're watching at the Olympics, it's confusing when you don't know the rules. So are there some simple things we should be watching for? Sure. So my, my teammates in the other weapons are going to kill me for this, but wa- only watch Epe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's the simplest to understand. If there's a okay. light, there's a hit. The other, the other weapons, they have those complicated right-of-way rules that can, if, if you're not, I mean, I barely understand them and I've been fencing the sport for, for years. So tip number one, only watch Epe. Um, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then tip number two um, is, you know, like when you look at the breakdown of the bracket, you know, one thing, like you kind of see a lot of other sports, you know, you have a good idea of who's going to win in track and field or swimming but anybody can is it can walk away with that olympic gold there there's such an element of stylistic matchup um you know who who's prepared specifically for for which opponent in the best way is it's just truly one of the most exciting sports because somebody who's ranked last going to the olympics in fencing if they won the olympic gold in epe people will be like huh all right they had a day like very impressive Mm-hmm. So it really, it, it, there's so much suspense because really anything can happen. So what, what do you know about what's actually going to happen in Tokyo now? I feel like you poor athletes have probably been left <laughs> in the dark for the last 18 months. So what do you actually know? Yeah. So it's definitely been a kind of a, a never ending story in terms of, right. you know, what is actually going to happen in right. Tokyo. Um, and, and they're still kind of changing the, the procedures day by day, but at least as we know right now. Um, so we're going to get tested, um, COVID tested every single day. Um, that sounds fun. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, like it's for I, at the various training facilities that I train at right now, I have to test at least once a week, so it'll be fine. Okay. Um, but then, you know, we have to social distance. We have to wear masks. They say that there's an approved list of masks that we can wear. So I don't, I have my masks that I'm wearing. So hopefully I, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Um, we, they're required. I would imagine in, in Tokyo, it's all Hello Kitty masks. Do you think that's what they're going to do? <laughs> Which would be great. Actually, I, I hope they have them sports specific Hello Kitty mask. I will yes. wear a fencing Hello Kitty mask. <laughs> I was just imagining you wearing your fencing helmet the whole time. Isn't that good enough? (laughs) You know, I I, I wish. And that was, I, so I I serve on a variety of committees on USA fencing at the beginning of the pandemic. That was a a big debate. Um, But actually as of right now um, in the United States, we actually have to fence with a mask under the fencing mask. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Which we will not have to do in Tokyo, which is excellent. Yeah, um, I can I can I can confirm that fencing with the mask under the mask is rough. 
So are you staying in the village and will you be able to interact with the other teams or no? Is that the social distancing part? So like the other countries, do you know? We're going to, we're going to be in the village. You can only be in the village for five days before your event. And then you have to leave the country n- no more than 48 hours after your event. Um, oh, wow. So that's like, so like fencing, for example, um, like it goes, I think to the, let's see, I fence on the, it goes to the 29th. Um, but I can't stay till the end of fencing. I have to leave 48 hours after I finish competing on the 27th. They're like, get out. Um, wow. That's pretty fast. Yeah. That's not a lot of time there. No, no, it's not. Um, so yeah. So there's the rules about when we can get there and when we can't, um, we're required to bring a six foot long phone charging cable so that we can social distance while we charge our phones. Um, and we have to have our phones on all time because there's three different contact tracing apps that we're going to have to download. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That sounds fun. So this sounds fun. This is going to be great. It'll, 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 you know, I keep, there's a lot of restrictions for sure, but I just keep telling myself like, Hey, like at least it's happening. At least you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? Because you had already qualified for Tokyo before they canceled the Olympics. Right. So what has the last year and a half been like for you? Yeah. So we, we qualified our team. I was actually one tournament away from qualifying my individual spot. Oh, okay. I was in a very good position. We were actually in Budapest, Hungary, um, like gearing up for our last qualifier. Um, and in the middle of the night, Trump announced the travel ban. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, USA fencing called us, you know, my, my, all of our parents called us, my coach called my, my boyfriend, my cat. I mean, everybody was like, get out. Like, because it sounded like if we didn't get back within 48 hours that, well, like you're living in Hungary for the (laughs) pandemic. Um, and we were, we my whole team and I were staying at an Airbnb and they were like, leave it, just like throw stuff, like just leave it and go. We're like, okay. So we threw <laughs> all of our stuff in the bag. bag all your weapons. All you get all to our weapons. gather your weapons. Gathered our weapons <laughs> and like fled to the airport. And every American in the country was there. I mean, the airport was just <laughs> flooded with them. So, you know, thankfully, since we we travel a lot for fencing, you know, we have like United you know, platinum moon level. Yes. Uh, so we, we were able to, to jump on, you know, flights and get home. But then like, by, by the time that I arrived home, I mean, there had been a paradigm shift in, in, in the world. Like I, I couldn't go to any, like I normally train at Princeton university at the New York athletic club in New York, both were closed. Um, I, I work as an, uh, a research assistant at the Princeton Neuroscience Institute. I actually cleaned out my office yesterday. My desk calendar was March 5th, 2020. That was the yeah. last day wow. that I was wow. in that office. Um, so it really was a struggle kind of figuring out how to train. Um, the Princeton gym, like the strength gym, they, they were closed. And my strength coach was like, take whatever you want. It's not being used. So that was kind of the beginning. I, I, I now have like a fully functioning planet fitness in my living room. Um, <laughs> but at the time I was literally deadlifting with home Depot buckets filled with sand. Um, and then I would take, <laughs> sounds lessons. like your workout Liz. you do that. Don't <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what I'm doing at home too, Kat. So it felt really legit. Like, the, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it was not fun, but I was like, wow, like this, this is like Rocky style. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then I would take lessons in my coach's basement. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I am so grateful to my coach for, you know, welcoming me into his home for basically nine months, but I think a piece of my soul may have died <laughs> in that basement. Oh. It was barely like wide enough for me to stretch my arms out and I could touch the ceiling with my hand and the ceiling were those like kind of like foam sawdusty tiles that they have in like elementary schools. Yeah. And I kept getting my weapon stuck in the ceiling <laughs> and like having to yank it out and like the sawdust would kind of like rain down upon me. Like those were some dark days for sure. Um, well, when they make the movie of your life, those are going to be great scenes. So that's a whole montage. That's that. just, that's the long fun montage that they have to do. Exactly. But it'll be like, you know, 10 seconds of it, yeah. not nine months. Um, but no, so that, that was kind of the, uh, until about June and then a local club opened up. So I started, I would drive about like 45 minutes to an hour every day to fence there still taking lessons in my coach's basement and like hauling sandbags around. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly things started opening up in the fall. Um, I actually still haven't trained at the New York athletic club. Um, they only opened recently and only like with a maximum of like one and a half people. Um, so I've been going to a different club, but I, I think I've trained my, changed my training situation 11 times over, wow. over, the, over the pandemic. Wow. And I'm sure that's true of all your teammates too. Like, yeah. did you have to re-qualify or were no. you already? Yeah. So okay, that's so good. That seems fair. Just had that one world cup left. Um, and we didn't know if that was going to happen. You know, we, we, we kept hearing that, oh, we're going to Poland. Oh, we're, or we're going to Azerbaijan. You know, we're going here, we're going there. And then it was like the, the day after. So I guess it was January 2nd. Um, our high performance director uh, texted me and she was like, all right, you're going to Kazan, Russia. And I was like, what? Kazan, <laughs> I mean, I was like, I thought Russia, I thought they weren't even allowed to like compete in the Olympics or hold any Olympic qualifying events. And like, you know what? You're going. So I was like, cool. <laughs> Cool, cool. All, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. <laughs> that whole blood doping thing. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you know the pandemic doesn't exist in Russia, so it's right, a perfect yeah. place to, to hold a tournament. Um, yeah, so I flew to Russia and 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 qualified for the Olympics. Olympics there. That was an interesting experience because we all had to stay in isolated hotel rooms. Couldn't leave the hotel room except to go to the venue, and we were there forever because we had to quarantine before, quarantine after to test. I mean, it was it was. It was that must be physically and mentally very draining. You're used to training a lot. You're used to being with the yeah. teammate that I'm sure that it was not easy at all. It that, was that... not the most fun I've ever had. Okay. <laughs> um, so what's the difference between Rio and Tokyo? Like, do you feel like you're in a better spot now? Yeah. I mean, I in mean, terms of winning, come on. I mean, yeah. you finished, I should explain, you finished fifth in Rio. It was kind of a heartbreaker for you, right? A very tough match, yeah. a tiebreaker. And then you did your own Queen's Gambit thing where you spent like the next three years and you wrote your senior thesis trying to figure out why you lost yeah. and you watched hours and hours of tape. This is also going to be good in the movie of your life. Yeah. And then you developed a computer game with fencers and non-fencers playing against each other. <laughs> And so now, okay, now you're putting that behind you, but you have some, you know, some big credentials now in the last couple of years. So what, what do you think is going to happen in Tokyo? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, at least personally, like qualifying for Rio was, was the goal in, in 2016. Now that's not to say that I didn't like want to medal or that wasn't, you know, the, the larger goal in the whole thing, but like, it was just making, making it to the Olympics. That was that was kind of like the, the big accomplishment, the big sigh, but really qualifying for Tokyo felt like a, like a stepping stone, a very, very necessary one. Right. Um, to be sure. Um, but, but this, this time, I think we really want a gold medal and I we're saying it aloud this time, you know, there's, there's a really a big change in mentality on our team. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a very subtle dichotomy between knowing and believing and I think in 2016, like we, we knew that we could potentially win, but now we believe that we can, and, and we're training, like we believe that we can, and we're approaching the competition. Like we believe that we will win. Um, okay. And that's no guarantee that it will happen, but the, the, the force behind our team and the collective spirit really is, is set for that goal. Well, All right. now, you, now you have the entire force of the Satellite Sisterhood behind you, too. Well, so. Exactly. I mean, we cannot lose. <laughs> we cannot. And we always say, say it out loud. Like, what do you yeah. want to come with? Just say it out loud. And it feels like now you're really saying it out loud. Yeah. And it was scary at, at first to say it, because when you say you're, you're going for an Olympic gold, like... Again, as we said, you know, even with all the might and force of the satellite sisters, there, there's no <laughs> ironclad guarantee that it'll happen. It's true. Um, and it's so, true. We don't even know the rules. So <laughs> you're, you're good. Remember, just watch at bay. <laughs> good to go on that one. Um, but but yeah, so it's a little scary to kind of put that out there in the universe. But, you know, it's it's the truth. I, I, I don't we'll be happy with with a medal, but we won't be satisfied with anything less than gold. That's, that's the way exciting. we like it. Yeah, that's that is exciting. Okay, now one other thing that's been going on in your life is that you were headed off to medical school yeah. because you want to be an orthopedic surgeon, 
which I fully support Kat because I'm healing right now from broken leg and we need some nicer orthopedic surgeons, please. <laughs> right, don't be mean. Liz's that, sur- Liz's surgeon is really mean. I was very very hard to not be mean. I, I yeah. promise. Yes. Uh, okay. You, should you ever come to me? <laughs> okay. I'm never gonna break anything again. So sorry, we will not meet. But Fair. so so you deferred that for a year to train for the Olympics. So now when you come back from the Olympics, now you will be starting medical school? Yeah. So I, I come back from the Olympics. I fly, I'm actually going straight to Hawaii. Um, I'm, I'm meeting my, my family and my boyfriend there for six days. Oh, nice. Um, and then I come back and I have three days to get my life together. And then I start med school. <laughs> Wow. Oh my, God. oh my God. Okay. Well, first of all, you're going to kill it at the first night cocktail party. You know, you are going to, you're just, you're going to be the only, you know, first year there who is just competing at the Olympics. So I'm like, sorry guys, I'm so you have a tan. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with wearing your medal at yeah. medical school. There's no, there's no law that says you can't do that. Unless I'm in the, the MRI suite and then, then it might get kind of ripped from me, but well, one of the things I love that that I had read about you is that when you were debating whether or not to defer med school, you talked to your mom. Yeah. And and what did your mom tell you? Do you remember what you said about what your mom told you? Oh, oh, oh acutely. Um, so I'm actually gonna gonna back it up a little bit because I, I don't know how much of the story you read, but so when I when I was a kid and I was like, you know, playing basketball before I started fencing. And I was like, I want to play basketball in college. And my mom was like, no, no, like we, we got, we got to focus on your studies in college. Like that's what college is for. And then as I became better and better, it was like, yeah, obviously you're going to fence in college. Um, and then I was like, all right, so maybe I want to, you know, take time off and, you know, to try to make an Olympic team when I was, you know, in my early teens. And my mom was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, all right, we're fencing in college now, but like one step at a time. (laughs) And then it became obvious that, you know, Rio was a, you know, a a good chance for me. So like, obviously, okay, we're going to take time off for Rio. So then, you know, my initial, well, okay, not my initial clearly, but like my, you know, tertiary initial plan um, (laughs) was that I was going to go right to med school after graduating from, from Princeton. Um, but at the Olympic games, as kind of you uh, alluded to earlier, um, we lost an overtime or sudden death to Romania oh. who went on to win the gold medal. And I, I remember me and my teammates sitting there and we'd all thought we were going to, you know, at the ridiculously young ages that we were quote unquote retire. Um, but <laughs> we were sitting there and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, we have to go to, we have to go to Tokyo. Like mm. we, we have to go to Tokyo. So five and, years ago, you were saying that to Yeah, time. five years ago. I, mean, I remember we were, we literally just lost. We were sitting in kind of, you have like a, a boxed off area that the team sits in. And we were like, we, we have to go. And literally from that moment on, we started talking about like, all right, in Tokyo and Tokyo and Tokyo. And so I was like, all right, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown woman, but I'm a just, I'm a just, you know, tell my mom that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm, I'm graduating. I will go to med school, but not right now. So I was like, all right, mom. And she was like, you know, she kind of, she headed me off. She, she, she knows me well, you know, mm. I, I grew inside her literally. Um, <laughs> so she, she was like, you know, I, I've been a lawyer for the past insert number X years of my life. You know, if I had delayed that by, you know, four or five years, it would not make a bit of difference to where I am now. You have mm-hmm. the rest of your life to go to med school and be a doctor but when you're 50 or 60, you cannot turn around and try to win an Olympic gold medal. Well, in, in fencing, I mean, equestrian, I think you can. Um, God but, love your mom. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right. Like, and, and, and that kind of cinched any, any doubts that, that I had in my mind that I was making the right decision. Um, and, you know, it's been hard during this pandemic year for sure. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like another year. But then I'm like, right. honestly, what's another year after two plus three and then one more right. and then why not take five more? Right. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're finally, we're finally getting there. Okay. So gold first and then Dr. Cat. That sounds like an excellent plan. I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as it's- I said in the intro, so we wish our, da- our daughters were like that, but uh, everybody's <laughs> daughter, it's what you wish. <laughs> so, it's everyone- so exciting. Even to know someone peripherally who is actually going to the Olympics. It's so exciting. Yeah. We really will be rooting for you, Cat. Very exciting. We hope you stay safe, that all the travel works out, that you stay healthy while you're there and you bring home whatever 
whatever metal you want to bring home cat is good enough for the satellite sisterhood. Okay. No pressure. Thank you. you. I'm going to do my best to make it gold. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would be better if we're going to dramatically increase the viewership of your score. <laughs> yeah, I, that would probably help. No. <laughs> and the film rights. But yeah. anyway, you're, it's going to be great. Kat, thank you so much for being on Satellite Sisters. Thanks to your mom, who was an awesome press agent for you and sent us an article <laughs> on every word ever written about you. And we... <laughs> So, and your your photos and it's great. It's been great. (laughs) Thank you, Kat. We're so excited for you. Yeah. Go Kat. Good luck. Thanks guys. Liz, you know, we love talking about frame bridge, don't we? We do. (laughs) Because because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there. A gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah. Any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right, we're back. Uh, It's time for some cooking with Liz. We got entertaining sisters. We have a few other things happening. So Liz, what's up with cooking with Liz this week? How'd last week go? How'd last week go, Liz? Last week was delicious, Leanne. I, I think I did okay. They weren't necessarily, you know, photo ready. I did the jalapeno poppers and uh, they tasted delicious and they looked presentable enough is the way I would classify that. And super easy to make, so much easier than you think. So this week is a little more ambitious. This week, this is one that my college roommate, Adrian, talked me into trying. And I figure if Adrian can make them, so can I. Um, Really? Because I feel like Adrian's a cook. But okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, I, mean, I feel like based okay. on our communique. Well, okay. Explain what you're making, Liz. Well, it what says level at the Food Network website. The level on this is easy. I am making oh. the Barefoot Contessa's Cacho e Pepe cheese puffs. So I know at the beginning of the month I said there would be no baking, but that was a total lie because I'm obviously <laughs> baking these. So it's. um. Yeah, it's cheese puffs, and it actually requires a food processor, which I do not own. So um, we'll see how that goes. And uh, there's also some a pastry bag called for. We know I tried the pastry bag slash uh, plastic bag for the deviled egg. So not sure how I'm going to go with that. But anyway, oh, um, you're 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 not settled on it yet, Liz. Well, you know, tonight is tonight is test batch night, Julie. It's Tuesday night, which means it's test batch at Liz's. And but here's the good news: you're going to be here tonight. Uh, I know. That's. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited slash worried, Liz. Yes, yes. Slash concerned. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's Any chance you're bringing a food processor in the carry-on, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to look in my suitcase see if I can cram that in. Liz seems like an essential piece of equipment, as does the pastry bag. Now, yeah. I know okay. you can do it with a plastic bag. 
uh, but uh, I don't I have, know. Okay. I, have, I have a couple of days. And let's, let's bear in mind what people's expectations are for cooking with Liz. It's a little different than what they're expecting from Ina Garten herself. But I am, I'm, I'm going to try to do this. I want to do Adrian proud because she says that if, if she could do it, I could do it. So I'm just, I'm going all in on that. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Thursday night, remember, Cooking with Liz takes place in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, so make sure you're a member there. And I go live at 5 p.m. Pacific time, so that's 8 p.m. Eastern, and you'll see me, you know, this is like a 30-minute deal. You'll probably see me finish up the job. I'm not sure exactly how I'll do this, but... And you're going to make a cocktail, too, right? Yes, yeah, so that's... Mm -hmm. I got yeah. involved with that because uh, why don't yes. you explain what cocktail you're making, Liz? Well, there were several people last week when I was live, I said, well, what cocktail would go with the cacio e pepe cheese pops? And people had a lot of suggestions, but the one that got my eye was the vodka gimlet. And because I don't think I've ever had one. And plus just the word gimlet is kind of a fun word. And so, but when I went to look at the recipe for that, it's like almost no ingredients except for roses lime juice which i do not own and then at the place where i get my groceries from they don't carry that either so that's why you know when we were talking yesterday i said if you had any roses lime juice at home could you please bring it with you right so okay of course i did not so i went to the liquor store to get some roses lime juice um and but that was the only item I was buying, and I wanted, and I asked for an airplane bottle size of roses. <laughs> and I could see the girl, even though she was wearing a mask, she really, her eyebrows went up. And so I had to explain the whole situation. I had oh, to explain did. what cooking with Liz was, and how my sister was in Santa Monica, and she didn't have any roses, lime juice, and I was getting on a plane, but I couldn't bring, a, you know, I couldn't bring more than three ounces of roses, lime juice mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't able to help me, Liz. Okay. okay. The smallest bottle I could find was 12 ounces. So we're going okay. to have to uh, score some roses, lime juice somewhere in Santa Monica. I'm, I'm sure that's doable. I also have a backup position. Pomegranate gimlet. I'm, yeah. ju I'm just saying. That's, it's another Ina recipe that somebody sent me yesterday. So, so in, in other words, the cocktail on Thursday night is going to be a surprise to me and to you. So okay. there you go. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. All right. I can't wait to see the cheese puffs. <laughs> me neither, Leanne. Okay. All right. Le Leanne, I want you to watch Ina's video of how she makes them mm -hmm. so you can compare it to my production process. Maybe maybe I'll video some of this tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I think that would be good. Okay. All right. Behind Let's the find... scenes. Behind yeah, the scenes. Can't you work on it. the production there, Liz. Okay. ETS. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, in the meantime, I know that we have the Olympics this week to watch, but there is something else very exciting that is happening this week on Entertaining Sisters, and that is season two of Ted Lasso. Now, we all watched that, right? And we enjoyed yes. it very, very much. Season two is coming out this week. And uh, so in between events, perhaps, or, uh, you know, you might have a break in your Olympic action and just want to take in some of that. That will be good. But I saw a very cute article about how real coaches want to be Ted Lasso. Now, if you remember the premise of this show, or for those of you who haven't seen it, this is, uh, he's an American that goes to coach a British soccer team. And he doesn't know anything about this, uh, the sport at all, but he knows how to get the best from players, right? And it was an unexpected TV hit. And a lot of coaches, including the Utah Jazz coach, Quinn Snyder, he in fact, quotes from Ted Lasso in his locker room, okay? <laughs> I mean, he has a favorite quote where he says, but sometimes your favorite animal is a goldfish because it has a memory of 10 seconds. And that's what we need, we need to be here. You know, like sometimes when you've had a bad play and you're right. just thinking yeah. about yeah, yeah. Yeah, goldfish. According, that's what Ted Lasso said, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, the whole idea that you know, he was a very empathetic coach. He had, you know, he had a high, a lot of emotional intelligence and he just created a culture in the, in the locker room that enabled them to win. And Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors coach, also agrees with that. He said the coaching style of tyranny, that's out. The coaching style where you're really empathetic to your players, that's in.
So even if you're not interested in the comedy or the British sports uh, angle here, you may want to watch this just from a leadership point of view, okay? Mm -hmm. so we can all be more like Ted Lasso. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. That was inspirational, Coach. Thank you. <laughs> Keep hope alive, Leanne. Harness hope. Hunt it down, wherever. All right. I have another Entertaining Sisters um, uh, entertainment commitment that I made, and now I'm kind of on the fence. So I need your advice about whether I can really handle this. Uh, I bought tickets a while ago to the immersive Van Gogh exhibit that is opening right now in Los Angeles. And I'm sure you've seen this in your Facebook feeds, in your Instagram feeds. Like I literally could not escape from the ads for immersive Van Gogh. And I thought, well, that actually looks very cool and sounds very cool. You sort of walk through an installation where it's the paintings come alive and it opens here July 31st. So, you know, soon. And, uh, and so I bought some tickets for, for Sunday, August 1st. And I was like, this sounds like something I would really be ready to do. Get out and about. I'm better on my legs now, all of that. But I did not realize that, of course, it's during the Olympics. And now I'm concerned that I would be like missing important events or that just that it would be too much for my brain to take in both the, <laughs> both the Summer Olympics and immersive Van Gogh. So I'm, I like, I'm on the fence about whether I will have the, the bandwidth, as they say, to do both Olympics and immersive Van Gogh on the, on the same day. What do you think? I'd, I'd go. I think you're going to need a break by August 1. How, mm -hmm. how it's, um, I've heard it's great, and I think it's an hour long, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like you can just squeeze that in. Like okay. I think it would be a sort of a cleansing experience for you, Liz. I've done one of these before. They're very delightful and enjoyable and, uh, and you should do it. Okay. And I have tickets to, uh, to attend when it comes to Dallas. So oh, I, okay, great. I plan to immerse myself. Yes. I also looked up what's happening in the Olympics Sunday, uh, August 1st. <laughs> oh, Liz. <laughs> Always angling. You're just, you're not happy with our answers. So yeah. What, no, what, your answers are excellent. I think what, you're right. What is will, your answer, Liz? Yes. Well, Sunday, August 1st, the featured events are men's gymnastics, which I feel are, sorry, guys, totally skippable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get some emails. We're going to get some emails. We deserve some email, emails mm -hmm. for saying that. We it's not the whole Olympic team. Right? I know we do. I know yeah. we do. It's just if I'm going <laughs> to devote back. time to, to gymnastics, it's probably going to be women's gymnastics, but okay. So there you go. Thank you for, uh, okay. Immersive Van Gogh. It's on. I will come back with a complete report. Oh, good. That'll be good. That'll be fine. Um, oh, you know, I want to mention again, our Satellite Sisters Beach Bag Books. There's a lot on that list. Okay. It, not just Beach Bag Books. As someone in the Facebook group said, I wish the summer was a lot longer so I could get all these books read. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe you're thinking about entertaining. Maybe you're thinking about cooking. Uh, maybe you've been inspired by Cooking with Liz. I want to remind you that there are three cookbooks on the list. Blueberry Love by Cynthia Graubert. Lush Life. Food and Drink from the Garden by Valerie Rice, a beautiful book, and Ottolenghi Simple by Yotam Ottolenghi. So those are all there at SatelliteSisters.com. And I want to encourage you to subscribe to Pep Talk because I have some special permission from some of the cookbook authors to post their recipes in this week's Pep Talk, our newsletter. So I'm going to do that in this week's Pep Talk. So if you haven't subscribed, head on over to Satellite Sisters. A subscription window will pop up. Um, it comes into your inbox once a week for, for the most part, <laughs> um, unless we're take a week off the show or I have something else to do. But I have, it's <laughs> almost a, solid, Leanne. Yeah. I've been pretty solid. It's yes. almost a, it's almost a year now, and I realized, uh, you know, it's I, I'm around like 36 pep talks, which is quite a lot of newsletters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are so much fun, though, Lee, and I love getting them Friday mornings. Thank you, Liz. So last week, I had a commentary. The pep talk was Harness the Hope, because I had been teaching at an online um, novel writing school and a novel writing class, uh, and someone else was leading the class, so I was just supposed to be like the, the guest author and the the leader of the class like she started right in on how scared you should be to write like what are your fears what are your greatest fears who's holding you back 
And I just thought, oh, stop, stop that, stop that. Just mm. get them writing. They signed up for the class. They're here. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, most people don't even get this far. So let's reward them with just like, what's your novel about? What are you excited about? So last week's pep talk was Harness the Hope. You know, I just feel like, come on, it's been a yeah. rough year. But so if you're starting something positive, go forth with a lot of hope. And, and it got a lot of positive response. So I want to thank all the people that contacted me, either publicly or privately, about how much the email meant to them, I or the pep talk meant to them. I appreciated that. Yeah. It was quite good, Liam. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz and Julie. Thank you. Um, okay, so that's pep talk. You're going to get some recipes this week. You'll get a little pep talk. Uh, and um, you can go subscribe at SatelliteSisters.com. Next week, we're talking to one of the authors on our Best Beach Bag Books list. Naomi Hirahara will be on. She's the author of the really wonderful slash historical fiction, Clark and Division. The book comes out in August. You can pre-order it. And I think once you hear our interview with Naomi, you will want to. It's a fantastic book. Um, so looking forward to that. And then we actually go on hiatus in August. We do take August off. Um, but we have put together four very solid shows for you. There's a lot of special Super shows. Super solid. Shows, mm -hmm. shows you have not heard before. <laughs> uh, we will be broadcasting our 20th anniversary show as a podcast, so you'll get to hear that. We did a special series of interviews with the authors of Friends and Fiction. So you're going to hear three really fun interviews with different writers about their early careers, and it goes in kind of unexpected directions. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, you get some highlights from 2021. <laughs> they were not always easy to find because it was a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the last... 16 months of production, we've had some pretty serious conversations, but I, I found the fun. I found the yeah, fun in uh, 2021. So that's one. And then we're going to rebroadcast our favorite show so far of the year. So that's all happening in August, but things are happening. So stay with us, join the Facebook group, follow us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. subscribe to the newsletter. Um, okay. Our, our best of luck to Kat Holmes. Really? I mean, didn't it give you a little bit of a chill when you heard her say, I'm going to win that gold medal? Yes. I mean, putting it out there is so brave. Yep. <laughs> Come on. So, uh, so she, she, please follow her cat homes at, at Instagram and the U S fencing. A big thanks to Sergio Enriquez, our engineer this week. Uh, thank you, Sergio, for everything you do. Thanks to Emily Loudermilk for creating our graphics. A big thanks to our sponsors. We really do appreciate your support, and we ap appreciate that the Satellite Sisterhood and Misterhood supports our sponsors. It really allows us to continue to do the show. Thank you very much. All right, our to-do list. Liz, what's on your to-do list? Well, be believe it or not, Leanne, well, I, you're the one who already knows this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got invited to attend, got invited by the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Foundation, okay? Mm. That's a big deal. Mm. To join them for a fun and inspira inspirational night, watching the opening ceremonies from Tokyo from the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles. So where the, where the 28 Olympics are going to be, we're going to be there Friday night watching the opening ceremonies. We're, That's fantastic. We're, we're are very excited. Are you wear an Olympic uniform to it? It says, Julie, the dress code, they just sent us the dress code today. They call it Olympic casual. Olympic. I feel like you should only wear USA gear if you've competed in the games. That's uh -huh. just my personal standard. Yeah. I think a little much to show up as, as if. Uh, but, but anyway. You certainly the, wear a lot of red, white, and blue. I think. Oh, certainly. Yes. Very yeah. Certainly. Yep. And what, what I liked, Julie, when we got all the details uh, from the people throwing the party uh, today, they had this sort of schedule of events and the, you know, the opening ceremonies will start at 5 p.m. here. So the Parade of Nations starts at 5.30. But then they said, but we walk in at 7.30. The we in that sentence is the U.S. Olympic team. And so we are part of the we and we will be there. And with the, with the USOPC welcoming in our athletes. So that will be super fun. Friday night, really looking That sounds so that. exciting. I'm glad I'm going to be in, in town on Tuesday night for Test Batch and no uh -huh. food processor in Liz's kitchen. Yeah. And you two are going to be at the Olympic ceremonies. Great. <laughs>
Well, remember also the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Foundation, the U.S. doesn't pay for the athletes to Correct. go. To, right. we, we provide such, the United States provides like very, very limited support of our athletes from the government. So it's the USOPC Foundation that raises the money to support awesome. the athletes. So that's why we feel eating and drinking for free at their party is the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you, sisters. That's the Olympic spirit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my to-do list was to just refresh my red, white, and blue. So yeah. see if I need any anything special. I have a couple of pins. I'll be wearing those. But you're right, Liz. I'm not wearing I'm not wearing official gear. Not wearing <laughs> yeah. official gear. No track suits. That's a good idea. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna be home on my couch. And my to-do list is to finish watching the absolutely delightful and adorable Never Have I Ever season two. You know, this is the coming of age uh, story of a high school girl in California, Asian, Asian Indian, American, and it's just great. And John McEnroe does the narration. So I love that. <laughs> that is such a delightful show. And mm -hmm. it's you know, executive produced by Mindy Kalings, of course. Yes. And yes. Um, on Netflix. Yeah. When you hear McEnroe, it just makes you laugh. <laughs> I, know. I know. I love that. It's just fantastic. So great. That's a good one. Julie, I, I, I dipped into season two yesterday, so I'm sure I'll be done. I have to finish up before the Olympics. I have to clear yes. my calendar. Yeah, okay. okay. Clear, clear your calendar. All right. That's it for us today. Uh, all right, sisters. Julie, safe travels. Yes. Yeah. Get, okay. get yourself to the airport and get, get thee to California. Safe travels and don't And forget. if they sell roses, lime juice at the airport, once you're, <laughs> once you're through security, you okay. can <laughs> just keep an eye out. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm on the lookout. <laughs> Don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs> <laughs>